I'm so grateful for our media team. They worked very hard back there. And we thank God for them. Amen. I was reading the Daily Bread. How many of you read the Daily Bread from time to time? I was reading the Daily Bread and I got something that really blessed me. And sometimes when you read the Daily Bread, you read it and it, it doesn't speak to you the same all the time, you know. But this particular day, it spoke to me like loud, like the volume was on 10. And here's what I got. This is not what it said verbatim, but this is what I got from it. Being moved and inspired without obedience that leads to change is meaningless. Okay, I'm going to read it again so we can let that soak in. Being moved and inspired without obedience that leads to change is meaningless. So it doesn't accomplish anything. It doesn't actually mean anything if we've been moved by a word even inspired by a word but there was no obedience to follow it if there's no change after having heard that word it somehow got lost and the experience becomes somewhat empty now, I don't believe that anybody in here got up this morning on your day off and got dressed and got cleaned up and got pretty and got handsome and got into your cars to come here and have an empty experience. Now, what people have had the habit of doing, can I talk about it? I'm leaning on the podium, y'all. I mean to talk about it. People have had the habit of blaming churches and pastors for their empty experiences. There's no word going forth over there. But if he read John 3.16, the word went forth. Are we tied to a style? Is there a certain manner of presentation? That we have fallen into? Did it not touch us emotionally? Maybe that's it. Maybe our emotional fancies have not been tickled. Churches and pastors, by and large, I'm not taking them totally off the hook now, but by and large are not responsible for our empty experiences. They are not responsible for the fact that we haven't changed. Talk to me real life. Now, I just said y'all the best church in the planet. Now, come on, talk to me. It, it, it's real. It's true that we have a responsibility to bear. That there's something we must do after having heard the word of God. Amen. Say amen, somebody. Amen. It is simply not enough. To know, you have to translate your knowing to doing. Somebody shake your neighbor's hand and say, do it. Do it. 
being moved, being moved and inspired without obedience that leads to change is meaningless. The word move, the word move in this particular tense, the way it's used here, it simply means to stir the emotions, the feelings or the passions of. So to become emotionally stirred after hearing the word of God, without that emotional stirring leading to some kind of obedience that causes change in our lives, doesn't mean anything. Let's look at the word inspired. To inspire means to make someone want to do something or to give someone an idea about what to do. Now, how many of us have had somebody say something that made us want to do better? How many of y'all went to a budgeting class? Oh, come on now. Come on now. You went to the budgeting class and you heard about the budget and it made you want to budget. How many of you actually budgeted? See, see what I'm saying? One hand went up. One hand went up. See, see you see what I'm saying? Sometimes people give you ideas. How many of y'all went somewhere and got a good idea? Got a good idea? And how many of y'all put the good idea to work? See, see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? So for us to come to church and, and, and to be stirred emotionally and, 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 and to be inspired to, 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 to have someone say something that makes us want to do something want to do better, want to improve, want to be different, or even go as far as to give us ideas about how to do that. Without us actually allowing that emotion to move us, to putting that desire into action, which causes change in our lives, makes the whole experience empty. For me to learn that a soft answer turns away wrath, and then when printed, presented with an opportunity to give a soft answer, I yell. I knew it was a good idea, but I didn't do it. What's the problem? Hmm. Let's look at the word obey for a minute. Let's just obey. It should be on the screen. Just obey. To follow the commands or the guidance of. So, so, so the word of God are filled with commands and guidance. And so for us to just be inspired or moved by that guidance means nothing. At some point, we have to obey, which means to do what we've been told. Let the church say. And then there's change. What does change mean? What does it mean to change? It means to make radically different. Here's our prayer. God, change me. Okay, I'm waiting. Okay, God, go ahead whenever you're ready. Okay, change me now. Okay, now, God, I've been to church four weeks in a row. Change me. I want you, come on, God, touch me. Fix me. God said, over the four-week period that you came to church, I gave you what you needed to change. But you kept sitting there waiting on me to zap you. Now, wouldn't you figure out after three weeks I'm not going to zap you? <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. I've been giving you what you needed to change. 
It means, watch this now. The word change. Say change. To give a different position, course, or direction to. That's what the word does. The word gives you a different position. It gives you a different course. And it gives you a different direction. That's what the word does. The word can cause you to change. But just coming and hearing it, it's not going to do it. A lot of people come and they hear the word of God and don't change a bit. You know what they say, just because you sit in the garage don't make you. You heard that one before, sir? So everybody say this with me. They're going to be on the screen one by one. You ready, Jacob? Let's go. Number one, number one. You ready, Jacob? Go ahead. Say this with me. Come on. No more emotional confessions. Somebody should have shouted. Because we say a lot of things when we're emotional. Some of us aren't in control of what we say when we're emotional. How many of y'all have been mad and said something you shouldn't have said when you were emotional? And then you have to say, I ain't mean to say it. You meant to say it. So no more emotional confessions. No more being in church and feeling the spirit and then just saying stuff. No more high services and pastors just preaching and JoJo's on the, do the thing on the, on the thing, do the thing, do the thing. That, 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 you know, the preacher thing, there it is. That. No, no more, no more saying stuff after hearing that. Like pastor said, say so and so and such and such, and y'all be all excited and be like, so and so and such and such. <laughs> you just got caught up in the emotions. You didn't think about what you're saying. That's happened to many of us. I've been, been, been in service today. Somebody said, bring it on, devil. And everybody shout, bring it on, devil. <laughs> oh, Lord, did I invite him to bring it on? No more of that. Number two, number two. Ready? Is it up? Yes? No more emotional promises. Oh, God, I promise that whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I told the Bible study on Tuesday, you better be careful. Because I told the Lord whatever he wanted me to do, I would do it, and here I am. <laughs> this wasn't what I meant. <laughs> this was not what was in my mind when I said that I thought be nice to somebody. You know, and he's like, okay, preach. What? God, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to come to every Bible study every Wednesday for the rest of my life. I'm going to be first to come to church. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. Emotional what? Promises. Without really thinking about the gravity of what we just promised God we would do. Without really considering what it's going to take to get that done. How many of y'all have ever done that, made an emotional promise? How many of y'all prayed this prayer? If you get me out of this. I pray that on the regular. Yes, God, if you get me out of this one, I promise you I won't do this no more. I, and next week. <laughs> next week. Doing it again. Number three, 
Listen to this. While emotions are a valuable part of life, change must be purposeful and intentional. Emotions are valuable. I'm not asking you to be emotionless, void of emotion. It's powerful, but it's got to be more than that. Change has to be purposeful and intentional. It has to be something you mean to do. Because some days you can do well with your change and other days it's a struggle. Talk to me. Some days when you're wanting to do something different, it might be easy Monday and you might catch, see there, on Tuesday. Talk to me. It's sometimes difficult. So it has to be purposeful and intentional. Y'all with me? Stay with me. Number four, no more intellectual assent without heart involvement. That means we can't be completely in our head. We can't be people who are only moved by what what, what, what we respond to intellectually. We have to allow the word of God to prick our hearts. There will be no change if it's only intellectual. I was an intellectual when I got saved. That's why I love to study words, Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic. I love to break things down. I'm a thinker, but I never changed just thinking until the word of God pricked my heart and I was convicted for how I live. I would not change. So it's got to get past our heads and make it to our hearts. Open up the door to your heart or there will be no change. Hallelujah. And number five, this is the last one. No more seeking revelation without a desire for application. No more seeking revelation without a desire for application. If you get a revelation, then you ought to want to do it. Some of us in the, some of us in the church, in the body of Christ, we're like, we're like those men Paul met on the Areopagus, on Mars Hill. They were all sharing different things just to be heard. They were digging deep into revelation, and they wanted to see who had the deepest revelation. Oh, that, oh doc, that's deep, doc. The problem was there was no application of the revelation. Revelation is given to you for the purpose of application. If God reveals something deep to you, it's supposed to change you at your core so that you can realign yourself with what his desire is. That's, what, uh, that's why he uncovers things. He uncovers things so that our lives can be transformed. He says, I uncovered this truth so I can uncover you. Because there's a you that's hidden behind how you've been living. And I'm trying to bring out the one I saved. Because I saw your potential when you didn't see potential in yourself. Somebody needs to shout in this place. And so I'm trying to reveal to you why I saved you and filled you with the Holy Ghost and why I gave you that gift to preach. I didn't give it to you so people could clap for you. I gave it to you because you're a world changer. Somebody shout glory. Paul said, I want to apprehend the reason for which you apprehended me. God, you got a hold of me one day. Now, I want to get a hold of why you got a hold of me. 
Why did you save me? Why did you redeem me? Why did you take the liquor off my mouth? Why did you stop me from smoking that weed? Why did you save my life? Why didn't you let me die? Why? That's what I want. Somebody shout, that's what I want. Because people died around me. They OD'd around me. They went to prison around me. They got divorced around me. But it didn't happen to me. Why? You didn't do that so I could go to church? You didn't do that so I could know scripture? So I could have deep revelation? There's someone in here. That's hidden by me. And you're trying to get me out of the way. So the world can see the someone. Do you know where that someone is? Christ in you. The hope of glory. If he can get us out of the way, Christ will stand up. Somebody say, I want Christ to stand up in me. Don't be emotional about it. Be purposeful. Be intentional. Say, I want Christ to stand up in me. I want people to see Jesus. I want my family to see Jesus. I want my kids to see Jesus. I want my enemies to see Jesus. They've seen enough of me. How many of you feel that way? They've seen enough of me. They need to see Jesus. And that word helps move us out of the way. So Jesus can come to the forefront. When Peter was Peter... He denied Jesus. When Peter was Peter, just regular old Peter, he said, you can't die. Talk to me, somebody. When Peter was Peter, he sank when the wind blew. But when Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, when they needed an answer, it was Peter. The Peter that messed up. The Peter that cursed. The Peter that denied Jesus stood up and said, it is not, they are not drunk as you suppose. And started, started prophesying and speaking from the, from the book of Joel. That same Peter. That same Peter. Because the Holy Spirit moved Peter out of the way. And brought Petros. That small rock. In his place. The word will transform you. If you allow it to. Anybody want to be changed? Thank you, baby. I don't know where that baby is, but God bless you. Look at Luke 8, 19. Luke 8, 19. Luke 8, 19. Y'all start bringing these with you now. Amen. Bring your sword with you. You can't cut nobody with that. You can't cut nothing with that phone. Bring your sword with you. Come on. Somebody say amen. Put your sword in your car so you can have it on Sunday. Them phone's good now, but bring this. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Thank you. One more time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, church. Say thank you, Jesus. Look at verse 19. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they couldn't get to him because of the crowd. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, and they want to see you. Verse 21. Jesus replied, my mother... And my brothers are all those who hear God's word. Jesus said, my family, my people, 
those who are related to me, hear, my, hear God's word, and what? Obey it. He didn't say just hear it. So here's what he said. If you are related to me, you do both. So we're right here. I'm a child of the most high God. Are you? Because a child of the most high God hears God's word and then does it. We're having fun today. John 14, John 14, come on. John 14, y'all don't have to turn to your Bibles, but turn on your phone. Turn on your phone. <laughs> John 10. I'm just kidding, y'all. Like, you know, John 14, John 14, John 14. John 14. Been a while since I've done it this way, Apostle. John 14 and, and verse 23. 23 and 24. When you get to 23, say amen. It should be up on the screen, too. You ready? Jesus replied, all who love me, good Lord. Is that the same up there? Somebody check your thing and make sure that's right now. Check your phone. Make sure it's right. What, what, does it say that? All who love me will do what I say. Oh, Lord, I love you. Oh, God, I just love you. Okay, go over there and hug that person that, that, that talked bad about you. Hug them. No, but God, they talked about me. Now go on over there. Now you just told me you hugged, they love me. Prove it. Prove that you love me by doing what I told you. Don't just give me lip service. Don't just say you love me. Love is action. Don't just say you love me and we don't get no time together. How you find time for all that stuff that ain't got no time for me? Not me, God now. You know what I'm saying? He's talking to me too. You know what I'm saying? I was appalled one day. My wife asked me a question. I was appalled. She asked me about my personal relationship with God. I was like, that's personal. <laughs> How you going to ask me something like that? That thing convicted me something terrible. Why? <laughs> I went to the other room. I was like, make me sick. Always saying stuff that <laughs> convicts me. Get on my doggone nerves. You ain't the Holy Spirit. You know <laughs> And then the Lord was like, yeah, she, you know what? Yeah, answer that. Now it's him asking. Can't tell him he make me sick. <laughs> wow. If you love me, you can't get any simpler than that. You will do what I say. What, what is his word saying that we having so much trouble with? So let's keep going because there's more. He says, my father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Here's verse 24 now. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the father who sent me. So Jesus said, if you love me, do what I say. But those who don't love me, don't do what I say. There it is. So we have to know. So now at this point, we know which category we fit in. Because love is not just an emotion. It's not just something we feel for God. Love responds with some obedience, y'all. You ready for me? Excuse me, not ready for me. Ready for it? Luke 6.46. Let's go back. Luke 6.46. I want to read some verses. So powerful. You ready? Luke 6.46. Ready? So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? 
Who, who's speaking here? Who's speaking here, y'all? Who's speaking here? So Jesus said, why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? Now, the word Lord there is, is master. Okay, it's master. The word Lord there is master. It conveys the idea of someone who's in a position of authority. So, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? All right, so now, let's look at this now. To Jesus, hearing and doing were a part of the same process. They weren't two separate things. To Jesus, the way he saw hearing and doing, they were one thing. You hear me, then you get to work. So, Elder Smith, you remember when your mom used to tell you to take the trash out? And then you would say to your mama, you know, she'd say, boy, why didn't you take that trash out? Did you hear, what I, did you hear me when I told you? you say, yeah, I heard you. And, your, and my grandmama would say, no, you didn't hear me because if you heard me. <laughs> so even to our parents, hearing and doing were one thing. It went two different processes. So from now on, if you don't hear God and do what he says, you probably shouldn't be fussing at your kids. <laughs> at least not without being convicted. The minute you get ready to fuss at them, conviction on us. Okay, baby, listen, mama's going to give you a second chance. Because God gave me, we ain't going to go into numbers. We're not going to go into numbers. Right? Because, see what I'm saying? So, so watch him. He said, why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? You don't, you don't follow through. It's one seamless action. One se everybody say one seamless action. One seamless action. Or in other words, the Bible is literal. The Bible is literal. I was talking to somebody the other day, I won't say who they are, but they said Moses didn't give out suggestions. <laughs> he didn't give out recommendations. He gave out what? Commandments. They weren't recommendations. They were, uh, all right, see if you could do this now. <laughs> I want you to see if you could do this now. Do your best. No, it was a command, right? A new command I give unto you. Jesus said this, that ye love ye one another. Not Try to love them. See, you can't take. Now, don't take two scriptures and put them together. Because there is one scripture that says, as much as is possible, be at peace with all men. Don't take that, that beginning and then add love to it. As much as is possible, love everybody. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, love everybody. It says, do your best to be at peace. Because some people won't let you be at peace with them. But you can still love them. There we go. So now watch Jesus now. I'm almost done. Verse 47. You ready? Here it is. Verse 47. I will show you what it is like when someone comes to, and to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. So watch the breakdown now because he's given a breakdown, and it's awesome. He said, I'm going to show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. So come, come to me takes effort. Takes effort. Everybody say effort. Comes to me takes effort. It took effort for you to come to church today, okay? And we don't want empty effort. Nobody wants their efforts to be empty. Nobody wants to go to the store and, and then to figure out when they get to the store they forgot their money. No debit card, no credit card, no cash, no nothing. You drove all the way to the store. 
Not only did you go around, not only did you go to the store, but you got the buggy. Not only did you get the buggy, but you put stuff in it. Only to find out when you got to the register and the girl had rung everything up. That you had no money. What you're mad about is empty effort. So no one comes to me. Nobody makes the effort to come to me. All right, watch this now. Watch this. So he said, anyone who comes to me, someone who comes to me, makes the effort to get to me. And then listen to my teaching. Listen to my teaching. This involves paying attention. When we come to church, we need to pay attention. Because you never know. One missing one word might change the whole context of what you're hearing. We cannot be distracted. Because there could be one thing that could be said that could change our lives, could change our trajectory, could transform us. But we missed it talking. Checking a text. Facebooking. Twitter. Whatever it is. Snapchatting. There could be one thing said that could change our lives and we missed it. And you can't get it back. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't always remember what the Lord says through me. So I can't go back. Rewind that back, Pastor. Sometimes I can't. Some, some revelation is just fresh, and you can't get it back. And some things you need to hear it in the moment in order for it to make its impact. So sometimes going back to the tape is not good enough. Sometimes God wants to do something while you're sitting in the chair. Right here, right now. Maybe it's the moment. So he said they come to me. They, they, take, they make the effort to come to me. So since they made the effort to get to me, they, they should pay attention. Went through all of that to get to, to hear his voice. And then didn't pay attention. What was the trip for? you do all that for nothing we could have slept no for real I'm tired I'm sleepy I got up this morning I could barely go <laughs> we came all the way down here doggone it I'm gonna get something somebody look at your neighbors I'm gonna get something before I leave here today I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a word today that burn it, I will get a word before I leave here. Yeah. I ain't come all the way here for nothing. No, I didn't. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, no, I did not. I ain't come here out of no tradition. I ain't come here because this is why I hang out on Sundays. I didn't come here. Come on, because somebody expected me to come here. I ain't come here to count no money. I ain't come here to stand at no door. I didn't come here to sing no song. I came because there's a word in here that'll change my life. And I want to be everything he told me I can be. Woo! Somebody shout glory. I didn't mean to scare nobody, but I just felt that in my sanctified soul. Jesus. 
And he says, and follows it. Somebody say, follow it. They come to me. <laughs> they listen to my word. And then he says they what? Follow it. To follow it, watch this now. You ready? It involves action that can only be properly carried out if we have listened. Because if the instructions are not clear to us, we can't follow them. So we can't say we followed until we listen. I want you to get up and I want you to touch your head and I want you to turn around three times and then walk around the church, high five Elder Smith on your way around and then come back and slap somebody in the head and then sit in your seat. If you didn't listen to everything I said, you missed something. And so I was talking about baking a cake and Elder Smith laughed at me one time. I like bacon. And I never made cookies from, from scratch before. And the recipe said to take the cookies out in nine minutes. Now, that's what the recipe told me to do now. Told me to take them out in nine minutes. I looked at the cookies, Seaboat, and I figured they weren't brown enough. So I decided to give them another three minutes. Now, I didn't write the recipe. I'm I looked up that recipe. So isn't it something for me to decide that I'm going to change those people's recipe? Now, it seemed to me that if they gave the recipe, they did it before. I had never done it before, but I, I think I know better. They ain't brown enough. Let me tell you something. I left those cookies in there for three more minutes, and those cookies weren't brown as me. Oh, you can go ahead and laugh. I know I'm dark-skinned. It's all right. Amen. They were as brown as me. And I said, God, dog it. So I showed the cookie to Elder Smith, and he said, Pastor, what happened? He could look at the cookies and tell they weren't right. Oh, y'all better help me in here. He could tell something went wrong. So he said, what happened? I said, they said, bake them for nine minutes. They weren't brown enough, so I let them stay for another three. He said, Pastor, don't do that. I said, now I know. He said, if those people tell you to take it out in nine, take it out in nine, they'll finish browning. Oh. <laughs> so when you take the Bible and you read the instructions, but figure you know better and insert your own stuff in there and do it your own way and call yourself mixing your logic with the power of the word of God, you will get something that don't look right. Why don't my life, why don't my life look like this? Why doesn't my marriage look like this? Why doesn't my money look like this? Somebody grab your neighbor and say, don't make any changes. Don't make any changes. Mother Trapio, when I was a little boy, the reverend used to say, don't add nothing to it. Some of y'all must have went to my church. Leave the recipe to recipe. He didn't say reinterpret what I said. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> 
do what I said. Well, the way I figure it, no, don't go to figuring. <laughs> you know we go to figuring in a minute, Smitty. Don't go to figuring. Just do, George. <laughs> but you, us humans, we're, it's easier for us, mother, to just do it God's way. <laughs> so question, question, I have a question. Maybe y'all have the answer because I don't have it. Elder Johnson, you ready? Why would we come to Jesus and not listen to him? And then why would we listen to him and not do what he says? Pretty good question, right? Is it a struggle with belief? Or is there a struggle with desire? Is it that we believe but we don't want to? Because let's just be honest. I can be honest. There were some things that I saw God wanted me to do. Now I played the fool, but I didn't want to do it. So I would come up with reasons <laughs> for why I didn't do it. I could, why didn't I just be honest and say, I don't want to? I don't want to. I don't want to shake his hand. I don't like it. And my wife would say, you can't say that. Uh, too late, I said it. She was always trying to help me. She was trying to help her brother along. I was a hard case. Um, that's why I thank God for patience. I don't like him, don't like nothing about him. I ain't going over there. If he come over here, I'm going over there. Y'all, come on, y'all. Are y'all gonna leave your pastor up by yourself? Don't do me like that. Show your pastor something. Come on. <laughs> Let me know I ain't the only one that struggled. <laughs> And then, I had, and, then, and then I had to figure out I couldn't, like, just do what I wanted. Not if I wanted God promised results. Because if I do what I want, I'm going to get what I create. Who said it was a mess? <laughs> how, how did you know? <laughs> it was a, how many of y'all know it was a mess? How many of y'all know from experience? Let me ask y'all a question. If we all know what's a mess, then why would we do what would cause a mess? A head hard mother? Anybody getting anything from this? Sir, let's get the object lesson out of verse 48. Okay? Verse 48. Let me see. Find it. Okay. It is like a person. It is like. So it's not a person. It's like a person. He's giving us an object lesson. Okay? It is like a person building a house. He digs deep, lays the foundation on what kind of rock? Solid rock. When the flood waters rise and break against that house, it stands firm. Why? That's the, that's the topic of our sermon for today, by the way. Well built. So the reason that the house stood, the flood, is because the house was what? Well built. What made the house well built? It was built on a Solid foundation. So he says, doing what I say is like building a house on a solid foundation. And how many of y'all know floods will come? How many of y'all had some storms in your life? Jake hand went <laughs> Storms come. Listen to me say, if you build your life on what, what I say, on my work, on doing my word, not just hearing it. If you build your life on doing my word, 
you will be like a man who built his house on a what? Solid rock. Now, I, the word solid means firm. It means stable, right? But it means more than that. Let me give you one more definition. Not hollow or containing any space or gaps. That means it's solid through and through. The word of God is solid through and through. No spaces, no holes, no gaps. <laughs> if you can't depend on it, <coughs> there's nothing to depend on. Because it's what? Solid. That's why we're supposed to do it. Because when we do it, we're standing on something solid. Okay, God, I did what you told me to do. Now, you know what God says? I got your back. You don't have to worry about anything. Don't worry about anything the devil whispering in your ear. Because you did what I told you to do. Now, it's up to me to prove my word true. You have done your part. Now, it's my turn. You stood on my word. Now, I'm going to move for you. Hey, I got the rest. I don't care how many winds blow. I don't care how high the floodwaters get. You stood on my word. I got you. It's going to get tough sometimes. The rain is going to beat on your life sometimes. But you stood on my word. And you are waterproof, baby. Somebody shout, I'm waterproof. Oh, you know what? I just got a revelation. Standing on the word is like flood insurance. I got you. He says, when you stand on my word, you put me in the position of having to prove that it's true. He didn't say, just speak it. Stand on it. Do what my word says and watch me prove it true. Because I'm going to tell you something before we go today. Storms are going to come. Oh, you can put a pin in it. Storms are going to come. The question is, what will be our condition after the storm is over? Because if you keep reading, there's another cat that built his house on the sand. He didn't build on a rock, elder. Apostle, he didn't build on the rock. He, now, see, here's my question, Jojo. If you and I building houses side by side, and you building on the rock, and I'm on the sand, I might ask, hey, bro, why you building your house on the rock? <laughs> I want to know. And you say, oh, man, if I build my house on the rock, when the storm comes, it'll stand. I might want to start building mine on the rock. So I, so, but if I see him building on the rock, he tell me why he building on the rock, and I still don't build on the rock, and my house get washed away, I can't be mad at him. I can't be a hater. Because you know we'll be a hater. Don't nothing go wrong in their life, shoot. Everything go right for them. No, they built on the rock, man. They built on the rock. And don't you know you had the same opportunity? Don't you know that we were all sitting in the same church when the word came through? We were, we were all sitting with equal opportunity hearers. Everybody we heard the same word. Have, did we hear the same word today? I ain't speaking different language. I said same language the whole time. God didn't take me into another place. Same language, English the whole way. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. 
All of us are equal opportunity hearers, man. Now what are we going to do with it? We just heard that doing what the word said, hearing the word and then doing it, like building on a rock. Now what are we going to do when we leave today? That's the real question. What's going to change now? Because I'm going to tell you, God's not going to come and get inside us and then make us do the word. He says, I'm presenting the word for you. I heard a lady say one time, I put the food on the table. You better eat. God's not going to put the food on the table, pick the fork up for you, open your mouth, and then feed you, and then pick you up, and then make you. That ain't happening. Sorry, that ain't happening. Trust me, I tried. It ain't happening. It's up to us now. Isn't it up to us? Go to James and we'll, yeah, James, James. I think we're doing pretty good. James, and we'll just read James and read Luke and we'll go, we'll go home. James 1, thank you, Lord. Somebody say thank you, Lord. Isn't it good to just get a good sound word? Just, 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 just. Listen to this, listen to this. But don't just listen to God's word. Okay, what, what else should I do? You must do, come on what it says. Otherwise, you are only we, we can stop. But no, let's not stop. Verse 23. If, but if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walking away. <laughs> walk away and you forget what you look like. Now, I, I did some research on this, Sam, and and, 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 and Portia, and, and, and I used to think like it meant that I looked into the mirror and I forgot what I, I forgot literally what I looked like. But it, it, it means that I looked at myself and I saw myself, but it wasn't important enough to me to really observe myself. So I just looked in, me, seeing me wasn't important. So I just saw me and walked off. So it speaks to how important we regard the word. So hearing the word and not doing it is like hearing it and saying, nah, it's not important. It don't matter if I do it or not. Whatever. That's what it's like. So that's a little more disrespectful. Like I thought it meant I looked at myself and I forgot. And I ain't ashamed to say I, I taught it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm reteaching it. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm understanding now that it's, it's kind of disrespectful to say, yeah, I heard you, but psh, whatever. creepers and then he still let us live <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't kill us oh you better be glad you better be glad that people not God you hear me if a person was God there goes another one Lord have mercy <laughs> aren't you glad that people aren't God people don't have that kind of patience I'm sick of you Drag them out. There's another one. <laughs> Let's look at this last scripture. James. Luke. Luke 11. Luke 11. We go. I thank you, Lord. You're so good to us. Luke 11. Luke 11. Where am I going? Why am I in Ezekiel? Luke 11, 27, 28. Luke 11, 27, 28. And then we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus replied, no, wait, 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 27, 27, I'm sorry. 
as he was speaking, a woman in the crowd called out, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came, and the breast that nurtured you, that nursed you. Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. See, see, Jesus said, those who hear the word and put it into practice are more blessed than my mother. Jesus. God. Anybody want to be more blessed? Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands. You want to be more blessed? The, the, the way to being more blessed is to hear that word and then do it. The only thing that's keeping us from experiencing the best of what God promised us is our obedience. Because we heard it, now we need to do it. So I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to hear this word today. Lord God, we're glad that you allowed us to have life so we could get here today. And we could hear what you wanted to speak into our lives. Because we believe that this is a life-changing moment. This is our opportunity, Lord, to take advantage of all of the word that you allow us to hear here at Real Life. Everything that you've spoken through myself and Elder Smith and Elder Johnson and Minister Pam and Elder Darian. Every word that you've taught in every Bible study and even our children in Children's Church. God, we thank you today for inspiring us to act on that word and be obedient to what we hear. Now, God, we thank you for what we've heard, but we thank you even more for the motivation that leads to follow through so we can do what you've told us to do in every arena of life. In Jesus' name, we pray. Thank you that we are well built. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah.